What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. We are talking March Madness Final Four. Baseball is almost back, and there's a couple of spicy teams in the NBA making a run. Let's get it. Welcome back, spectators, to another episode. It is episode 129, and it is March 28th. It is a beautiful Monday, and we are here with our brand new spectator, Aiden. What's going on, big fella? What's up, boys? How are we doing today? How are we feeling? We're doing amazing. It's a pleasure having you. Uh, welcome to the sure. team. Uh, it's been a couple weeks, but this is your, your first on-air thing with us, so welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Yeah. First little bit. I'm excited. I'm ready to get going. We got some fun stuff today. Dude, we, we absolutely do. do. Also, I'll be remiss. Brooklyn, what's going on, baby? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Excited to roll into the playoffs here soon for NBA. Yes. March Madness. We got the Final Four creeping up this weekend. I see your Final Four hat, so I know Jew ready. Yes, sir. This is uh, the Final Four in Phoenix when the Ducks are out there. Uh-huh. Um, it's a good story to this hat that, that'll be told another day, but... It's a good time. And the Final Four is one of the most fun things in the sport and just in sports in general because it takes so much to get to the Final Four. It it takes getting through Cinderella's and injuries and season-long battles of Lord knows what to get to this point. And it is not an easy journey. So we got four four beautiful teams that are all pretty deserving to be here. Uh, what do you guys think about the the games leading up to it? The Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight games, anything crazy stick out to you guys? Well, you had St. Peter's looking like they might have had something going, yeah, and then they run into the bubble team UNC, and they got smacked, smacked, absolutely smacked. They took the shoes off of Cinderella, said yeah. go home, oh. it passed your curfew, and that Great that game. was it. And now we get a Duke-North Carolina matchup in the Final Four, which I'm really hyped for. That's going to be fun. Yeah, and before we talk too much about that Duke-UNC one, because there's a lot to talk about with that, yeah. uh, just, you know, a big shout-out to St. Peter's. I mean, they had a pretty yeah. improbable run. Maybe the most improbable ever. I mean, a 15 seed getting to the Elite Eight, uh, beating number two, beating Purdue at number three. This was truly, like a Cinderella story. And for a team that came into this tournament in debt, their name is now out there. They, they got it on the map and uh, they, they were America's sweethearts for, for two weeks. And that it's kind of hard to do that. From reports online, they're saying that admissions have already spiked, like admissions applications have already spiked over 300%. Amazing. That, and, that, and that's what this tournament does. I mean, again, it happened with, with VCU, it happened with Wichita State, it happened with, with uh, Florida Gulf Coast. Like, these teams, this is their opportunity to kind of make themselves a household name. And for the most part, if you're a sports fan, you're going to remember the name St. Peter's for a couple of years just because they did something that not a whole lot of teams do, and that's just defy every sense of logic in winning these games that they have no business winning. Well, they put themselves came- on the map. Yeah. And it came out today that their head coach, Shaheen Holloway, is uh, headed over to his alma mater in Seton, Seton Hall to go Hall, be yeah. their head coach. 
Yeah, I, I did see that. So that, that's kind of sad, but it is a, a good way to depart. Um, hopefully he has some success over there at Seton Hall, too. Usually when you see those coaches make the switch, it's never the, the cleanest transition. So hopefully best of luck for him and to um, to all those guys. Um, I know I'll be reaching out to some of them and trying to get them on an episode over here or something like that. Try, try and talk to the to the Peacocks themselves. That will be really cool. Of course. Look, I just want to talk to Doug about how he got his mustache to be so elite. This is true. This is true. And we, you know, I, we, I need to talk to Doug about not eating sandwiches. Yeah, he's anti sandwich. He said he, yeah, anti sandwich, said he had a bite of a chicken parm and that was it. I want to know if. Never he, had a sandwich again. What's what's his thought? Does he consider a hot dog a sandwich? Ooh, you know, has he had a, it, these, he, are, these are questions for the pod. These are so Doug, questions. if you're out there, when, when we when we hit you up and you got to do your research, get that question ready. Well, also, it's pretty cool <laughs> because like. You know, we have in social media, we have an obsession with like a quirked up white boy every couple of months. And, you know, <laughs> it, it was it was Jack Harlow previous to this, and then obviously Joe Burrow, kind of with the Joe Shiesty all season. Um, <laughs> he was our quirked up white boy for two weeks. It, it was kind of cool. <laughs> it was, yeah. It's fun. So we we do need some insight on that. We'll we'll reach out, Doug. We need you. But you know, down goes the Cinderella, but. It brings up the best rivalry in the sport of college basketball that has never played each other in March Madness. Duke, North Carolina are finally doing it. It is Coach K's last season, and it finally happens. You talk about St. Peter's being a Cinderella season. Even though you know Duke is a two-seed, that's still a Cinderella story in itself. We yeah, really yeah. had three going into the Elite Eight. We had St. Peter's, we had Miami, and then we had Duke with Coach K's last season. I mean, three different types of Cinderella stories, Certainly. but all Cinderella stories in their own way. And, you know, I, I can't lie and say I'm not pulling for Coach K. I, I, I want to see him go out on top, you know, Peyton Manning-esque, you know, win the Super Bowl or win the final and get out of there. Yeah, and there's, there's a little bit of story on this too because UNC winds up beating Duke in the last game of the year at Coach K's last game at Cameron Indoor. So what what better revenge for taking your last game at home than to bounce you from the Final Four and go on to the championship and potentially win that? Uh, there's There can't be a better feeling than doing that to your, your true bitter rival. Absolutely, and UNC has been playing spoiler for a good part of this uh, tournament, so they definitely are ready to do it again. Yeah, and they and, feel like they have a chip on their shoulder with being a bubble team. Everybody counting them out. They're playing hard, spunky basketball, and they they want it. They want all the smoke. And the they don't care if it's uh, Coach K's last game. You mentioned the bubble team thing, too. If they don't beat Duke in that last home game, there's a chance they don't even get into the tournament. Yeah. And they've just been on such a good, hot run the last half of the season, obviously spilling into the tournament. And that's kind of been an ACC deal in general, I mean, ACC was not good this year, like pretty objectively not great. So down yep. year, usually you got Syracuse and Louisville kind of balling out. NC State's usually a pretty good player. It was just Duke and UNC and then a little bit of Miami, like they snuck in too, but that was really the players. And now we have a really fun all ACC matchup in this Final Four. I mean, not all of them, but for that side. And kind of, kind of nice, kind of nice. Yeah. Anything else from this weekend's games that stood out for you guys? 
Um, Kansas Miami ended up just being a barn burner. Well, well, didn't expect too much out of that. And then, well, that that <laughs> game was crazy too because Kansas was not playing well. Yeah. And I don't remember this. I think it was forty-seven to eleven. They outscored them in the second half. Like they came uh, in for, the ha- forty-seven to fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. They came yeah. in down a bunch and just absolutely turned it on. And if you watch any like, if you watch the game or you're watching any highlights, the the middle part of that second half was just Kansas running the fastest paced offense of all time. They were just up and down the court constantly in transition and it was like the most it was really demoralizing honestly kansas almost had five players in double digit scoring which crazy that's guys. kansas that's kansas's game though if you've watched them at all this season outside of the tournament there we'll catch your ass in transition we yeah. will catch you and make you pay because we are the more athletic team and they're the okay. most athletic team in the country and they kind of they kind of are every year i mean unless, except for those odd years uh where Kentucky just gets every five star under the sun, which does happen. But Kentucky's always kind of built on athleticism. They're never a tremendous shooting team. They kind of figure it out where they got a guy or two. And for a lot, all the flack we give Kansas, right? We give them a lot of flack because every year it seems they get to the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight and they lose a game to a team that's really good and underrated. Um, this year they took care of business and, and they played, you know, they, they got Miami in the, in the elite eight game, which is probably their easiest matchup yet, but they, they took care of business and Kansas is back in the final four. And I feel like it's been a while since we've been able to say that. Yeah. And, and then on the other side of it, uh, if any of you guys listen to me and Gerard's preview episode, you know that I thought Villanova was a perfect team to make a deep run in this tournament because they're just they're crazy efficient on offense they shoot foul shots at like the best clip in the country and their defense is just really really stout they kind of hold you and they make you run a half court offense so that's why that game is going to be kind of electric because villanova holds transition pretty well so who's gonna crack the kansas transition offense or the villanova defense and if it comes down to villanova controlling this game it's uh, it might not be pretty for Kansas, honestly. Losing more for Villanova is tough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, losing anybody mid tournament is like not yeah. good. Like changes game plans, changes like. The so vibe. that that's really unfortunate for them going up against Kansas. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and make a prediction. <laughs> okay. Duke, Duke, Kansas final. Okay. Coach K is gonna take it home in the end. I think even though Kansas plays that fast style of basketball. You know you cannot put anything to the fact that Duke wants their coach to go out on top, and they're going to be playing with that extra heart that no other team is going to have. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. My hot take is either Duke or North Carolina wins the whole thing. Whoever comes out of that game wins it. Because I do feel like if North Carolina manages to pull up the upset over Duke and Coach K and spoils that, they're going to have light work against Kansas and Villanova, whoever comes Light out there. Work, huh? Kansas has been really yep. good this year. They they have. And I don't mean they're going to stomp them by like 20. I'm, okay. Don't, don't get that twisted. But, I mean, like, they're, they're going to come out. They're going to handle business. So, here's, here's kind of how I look at it, right? Kansas is a pretty big team, too. The reason UNC has been able to beat everybody is just their bigs are just out-bigging. 
Like they're getting every board you can imagine. They're, that's not going to happen against Kansas. It's just not. They're not getting those boards. They're not getting those second chances. They're not getting those like awkward post ups that they've kind of been doing. And I don't know. I like I like UNC. I think they're a fun team. But I, I just. I mean, you've been able to say this all tournament. Like, you could say this against their Baylor matchup, but they just don't stack up. Like, I just don't think they stack up. These three teams are... The crazy thing here, right? This March Madness, you guys can probably agree with this, has been one of the most electric ones in a while with all the upsets and kind of everything that's happened, right? Mm-hmm. And here we are at the end with four Blue Bloods, teams that you expect to be here every single year. Like, if you took these four, looked at it in 2015, and told me they were in the Final Four, I'd be like, yeah, probably. Yeah. Did it again in 2012? Yeah, probably. Because it's Villanova, Duke, Kansas, and UNC. I mean, these these teams are known for basketball, and they do this, and they're successful at it. So, despite the madness, having, having Blue Bloods here is... Not as fun as we would hope, but it, it's as expected as we could anticipate. Yeah, and I mean, you're right about the size, but when you got Baycott and Manic just going crazy outside too, and I mean, Baycott been getting some boards, so you would think maybe cut that in half, cool. That's kind of what but, I was alluding to. It was mostly him. Yeah. He's like he's been there, like Draymond type engine too. But that boy Brady been shooting. Brady's cool. Brady's nice. I like Brady. Brady's and nice. I mean. I, that's going to be the difference maker right there because you even saw in uh, the Baylor game when he got, he got out of there, things, things took a turn. So that that's, their, that's their heart right there. So he takes them as far as they're going to go. We yeah. see what happens with that. I can agree with that. Um, so you got the winner of the ACC, right, Burke? So yeah. who is winning it? Who's taking it? I'm going to go UNC with the the really big bubble team coming with the chip on your shoulder and you just ride it off into the sunset, spoiling Coach K, spoiling Baylor, spoiling U- UCLA, and just taking it all the way and winning a championship. And okay. it will be hilarious if they got to go up against Villanova. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, we, <laughs> have, be we, didn't, we didn't talk about that at all. We need a Villanova-UNC matchup. I was yeah. going to say Kansas. I don't want it anymore. I want Villanova UNC. <laughs> and I want Villanova to win in the exact same way. <laughs> I want them to do it again. <laughs> we have to just... Gerard. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for you. That's all I got to say. I'm here for you, brother. Because <laughs> if that happens... Yeah, we're, that, we're losing that, a spectator for a Gerard's going to be on watch for a couple weeks. <laughs> that boy putting in his leave of absence from us. And you're not going to hear anything from my man. So, stay strong. Keep your keep your head up. <laughs> you see, that's why they brought me in. They knew this was coming at some point. They needed they needed we, to fill in. We had to fill in. We're prepared. Yeah, we're exactly. prepared. <laughs> Preparation's key. Um, yeah, I I actually really want to see that. I I think it's gonna wind up being Kansas Duke is kind of what my gut feeling is saying. But I want Villanova UNC now. I forgot fully about that game. <laughs> that's one of the best games I've ever seen of any sport in my life, and I want yeah. it again. That's going to be wild. That is absolutely going to be wild. And then, Aiden, you said you got Duke winning it all, yeah? Oh, you got to. I I, I don't see – I'm a sucker for a good story. And, yeah, cool. UNC would be a fun story. I can't bet against Duke right now and what they're doing. Hey, I, I would love Duke to win it, Coach K to get it on his last year, go out on top. I would love that. But I don't want to see it. 
the four, the thirty for thirty is gonna be good regardless now. So it's exactly, okay. it's gonna be a great. Just imagine how much better it would be when they win the whole. It's okay. We don't need that. Not, not every story needs a happy ending. Not every story needs a happy ending. Just a good ending. Yeah. It could be. It could be okay. <laughs> if they if they lose on a buzzer beater, it happens. It happens. So, can't be mad. So be it. Again, so it, be no. It. If if they lose on a buzzer beater, UNC fans everywhere are like getting voodoo dolls of Villanova <laughs> as a school and just torching them, throwing them into the river, stomping on them, driving them over, whatever they got to do. <laughs> like they need to get this voodoo magic no. out of their face, because <laughs> that'll be Insane. as tough as it gets. But uh, we're going to switch gears a little bit here because there's been a couple interesting things that have happened in the NBA world as of lately. And the first thing that I want to mention, and I want to hear your guys' opinions on this. As of last night, Devin Booker is now past Kawhi Leonard on the all-time scoring list. Damn. Which is so odd because... That's crazy. Come again? Yeah, let me say that one more time. Right? <laughs> Devin Booker is now past Kawhi Leonard on the all-time scoring list. Kawhi Leonard, who we kind of regard as like one of the greats in the game. I mean, last year coming into it, we thought he was maybe the best player in the world. Here we are. Devin Booker's fresh off a of finals appearance. Having a great season again. He has a 70-point game bag in him. And he's passing Kawhi? That's just... That's, and Kawhi's still not, active? Yeah, that's that's crazy. And, I mean, it's a testament to how few games Kawhi really plays. Like, if you've ever questioned Kawhi playing and, like, his health, uh, it, it's not good. <laughs> it's it's simply yeah, not good. I kind of want to get um a number on that real quick. What, the total? Of, like, both of their games played. Oh yeah, games played. I, they're probably pretty similar, I'd imagine, right? And so let's see. Um, Devin Booker in his seven years. Yeah, seven. yeah. This is the seventh seven year. Four hundred and seventy-three uh, games played. Okay. Four hundred and seventy-three. Okay. And then Kawhi. Um, five hundred and seventy-six. I wonder, I wonder, because I saw this that, uh, this that was sent to me, right? Uh huh. I wonder if this is including playoffs. Probably not. It's probably regular season scoring. Because if it includes playoffs, there's no way Kawhi has more, right? Or Devin Booker has more. Because Kawhi's been to what? Seven playoffs? Maybe eight? Something like that. So there, there's no way that's total, or maybe it is. I don't even. Oh, maybe maybe it is. Oh. Huh. That's but wild. crazy, that's right? A, that's a like, hundred more games. Devin Booker is getting into that status, though, is the crazy thing. Like, for as much slander as I give Devin Booker, and nobody gives more slander to Devin Booker than me. I'm a, I'm a proud admitter of that. It hasn't always been warranted. I, I will say No, that. it's never been warranted. <laughs> it's never been warranted. I don't know why I don't like the guy. I just don't. Um I think it was because, you know why I didn't like him? Because he's dropping 70 in 30-point losses. That's why I didn't like him. 
But, but that has nothing to do with him, though. It has plenty, bro. If you're dropping seven, you lose by 30. What is he not going to do? No, no. Is he not going to put up the 70 just because they're losing? I'd rather you win than put up 70. Of course. But hold on. You can only do so much as one player. As one player, you can only do so much. He's putting his team in the best place to win. If the rest of his bozo team is not doing it, then there ain't nothing you can do about it. So why are you hating the guy for putting his best foot on the court? You know why? You know, you know why? You know why? Because that Kobe was still in the league. And Kobe was always a guy who could be the one and make his team great. Besides the end years, but that was kind of towards the end of his career. He was 20 years in the league. Yeah. And I mean that this was like a different time. Like now you need like a full roster of stars to win. You didn't need that before. Um, and I think that happened when he dropped 70. It was still transitioning into the full team builds. Like, that was, like, the beginning of the Warriors dynasty. So, like, you could get away with having one superstar and, like, calling it a day. Um, that Phoenix team was, like, objectively terrible, and I'll admit that. They're pretty darn bad. But I don't know. I just never had love for the guy. But, hey, I, I've admitted it. I still don't take it back. I meant everything I've said in the past, but he's playing well. Here's my thing. The Suns yeah, I mean, right now. You can go ahead. The, the Suns right now don't necessarily have a superstar team compared to some of the other super teams we see in the league. And look at what they're doing right now in the league itself. I mean, that, they're the number that, one seed that in the That I don't agree with. That I don't agree with. They have a top five center in the league. They have Chris Paul, who's an MVP candidate, and then Devin Booker, who just passed Kawhi in points. Like, that's a pretty superstar team. And what I was going to say, with Chris Paul out, Devin Booker well. and the rest of yeah, them, they've, well. they, they've held on to that number one seed. And they're 9-1 in their last 10. Chris Paul came back, what, two games ago? The The nice thing is the Suns, like, learned how to draft. They, like, stopped drafting Dragon Bender and then, like, started getting <laughs> other guys. Like, you know, um, you know, yeah. useful players. <laughs> and um, that definitely helps. Like, they have a really deep team. And that's obviously... I helpful. think the player on them that we don't talk enough about enough about is Cameron Thomas. I mean, Johnson? that man has been the... Cam Johnson? Huh? Is it Cameron? Johnson? Yeah, Cam Johnson. 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 Sorry, I was looking. I, I saw a name and Thomson was right underneath him. I read two at the same yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hold on. Now, Cam <laughs> no, but I mean, that man is out here... Playing like a true, I mean, he filled in great for Chris Paul, and then now is going to be used in a very hybrid six-man and also starting some role. But I think he is really what's held this team together more than anyone else. And the crazy thing with Cam Thomas, too, and here's one thing that I really don't like about the NBA. Did I say Thomas? Johnson, whatever. <laughs> See, you got you got it stuck in me now. Right? He got drafted from UNC. I know who he is. Okay, no, he, got, he got drafted from UNC. And people were like, oh, that's a reach because he doesn't have, like, a crazy high potential. Because he was, like, 23 when he got drafted. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, he's kind of what he's going to be. But, bro, when he drafted him, he was a good player. He yeah. was already a good player. Who needs potential when you're already a good player? And that's, like, one thing I really don't like about the NBA. Like, a lot of guys get drafted on, like, what they might be as if your peak, your prime in the NBA isn't, like, at 27 starting. It's like, if you're going to draft somebody at 19, you want me to wait eight years for them to get into their prime? It's a long time. It's a long time. Yeah. So, I think, I not obviously, that's a good thing. Like, you want to have promise. You want to be projected. 
But there should be something to be said about a guy who's good in the moment, especially when you're drafting. Like the Warriors are drafting players who are good now, and they're helping the team now. You know, feel me. And I mean, the Warriors have um, kind of been struggling as of late, which is crazy to think about. They started this season so hot, and. Um, they get Draymond back, and even that hasn't truly helped them. I mean, they're about a game and a half up on Dallas, which, if you guys know me, I hate this Dallas team. <laughs> I think this Dallas team has first-round exit written all over them, but the Dow- the Mavericks are a game and a half back at a three seed. And, like, I don't know. The West, the West makes no sense to me because, honestly... Denver is going to wind up as a six and they're going to win their series. I think whoever wins the bubble as a seven seed might beat Memphis. Like it's a free for all out there. I don't and, trust And the thing is with the Warriors, sense. like you go ahead and get Draymond back, but then you also lose Curry a little bit after that yeah. plays on and off. Iguodala is not playing. So it's like, it's tough. Wait, it's so tough to saying- balance. You're saying you don't want Iguodala to take a shot if the death beam is right pointed right at Earth? I do. That's what I'm saying. I I need him on the court to do it. I need him on the court to do it. What was what was the graphic? Somebody posted a graphic like a month ago, and it was like most game winners of all time, and like Iguodala was like fifth or sixth, and Curry was like towards the bottom of like the big group, and I oh. Maybe, maybe he was maybe on Max, maybe something. Max, maybe Max, maybe Max had the galaxy. Iguodala is the most overrated Warriors player on that team. You you mean the one with the Finals MVP? That guy. I still think he's overrated than what he did. He's not as good of a player as everyone thinks he is. If Andre Iguodala isn't on those Warriors teams, they don't make it to the finals. Yeah. Until they get KD, and if they don't make it to the finals, they don't get KD. So without Andre Iguodala. And this is like a hot take, but without, I don't, I don't even believe that. I think any Warriors fan will agree with this. Without Andre Iguodala, the Warriors dynasty does not exist. They're, they get way worse defensively. They lose a true playmaker and they lose the veteran leadership that Steph and Draymond and Clay needed seven years ago. They don't need it anymore. Well, seven years ago now. That's crazy to think about that that was it's seven crazy years to think ago. About. It's crazy to think about, but I'm I feel happy. like just yes. I feel like just yesterday we were talking about could this team go eighty two and zero? Like, <laughs> yeah, and they've already rebuilt. Is like the crazy thing. Yeah, or retooled is really the word. Like they got they they happen to have an injury that they just kept them off the court for a full season, even though Steph was the most healthy man of all time. They're like, hey, let's get a top three draft pick real quick. You mind? So the West is. I feel like the West is a pretty exciting, top-heavy division, but the East is sort of all jumbled up into one hellhole of a what-are-you-going-to-do-in-this-division. Well, like, here's what's crazy. The East is fun. The East is fun. Here's what's crazy. I don't know who ends up as the one seed because the Boston Celtics were 18-21 and at one point, and now they're 47-28. and They've just gone on an absolute tear beating everybody and their mother. Mm -hmm. Jason Tatum's all of a sudden an MVP candidate, which is crazy. <laughs> um, I don't know who's going to win that division. The Heat have been sputtering. I think that's the real issue. The Heat have lost four in a row, and the Celtics have won six in a row. Like that's You'll catch up ground real quick. Um, yeah. 
ever since Jimmy Butler and Spo got into it, they've they've been struggling a little bit. Yeah, the and turmoil Brooklyn, between that, that's going to be interesting to see what happens with them. Because I and, think they'll get past that, but in the back of your mind, all that's just going to be rumbling. And then how are we also not talking about the three seed right now with the best player in the NBA and Giannis in Milwaukee? They're I didn't, I, I didn't, know, LeBron, I didn't know LeBron played on Milwaukee. I didn't <laughs> know that. But but that. the thing is, was one I'd through four, like, they just about one game separates them. Just a couple of win yeah. percentage points separates one through yeah. four. So it's like you got one team on a six-game win streak, another on a four-game losing streak. So that could flip either which way. And, I mean, the Bulls aren't too far out. Don't think they're going to get anywhere at the high seeds. Even the, the Raptors Bulls... are in that mix. Yeah. Even Cleveland's in that mix if we really want to go there. Yeah, and and the crazy part about that I, I, is... I don't think there's enough time for Cleveland to get there because there is only about two weeks. No, but, but the yeah. crazy part is Cleveland's on a losing streak right now too, but if Cleveland turns it around, win a couple games, the Raptors win a couple games, all of a sudden the Bulls are looking at a, pl- a play-in, and you might have to yeah. look at the Bulls play the Nets in the play-in? You have five then, all-stars on both of those teams, and it's a play-in? And, and let's yeah. not even forget to mention Charlotte, the most mediocre NBA team season, <laughs> the definition of mediocre. But they've, turned, still hey, they've turned it around. They won two games, so now they're not even for and, both conferences. And let me tell that, you. That's, that look, was wild. In, in crunch time, I don't know that I want to go against that Charlotte team because I think they've, they've got a little something there. I mean – I do. You know Charlotte likes to show up in big games, so do you that, really want to face are, are you, them? In a, are you saying this just because LaMelo put up 33 and beat the bricks off Kyrie's home debut? Is that why you're saying maybe, this? Maybe. Maybe a little bit. Because I, I would agree. It's That's I mean, the crazy thing. Kyrie, before the game, it's always good to be home. Get smoked out the gym by the Hornets. What? Here's my thing. This is, we're I not think, here for the net yeah. slander, but like, what? No, let me give you a hot take here. Okay. If Charlotte gets hot down the if Charlotte gets hot down this next two week stretch and going into the playoffs, they're a scary team to beat. And whoever's the two seed who they might end up going up against if they get that one, or if they win the next one and going up against the one seed, if I'm a Miami, if I'm a if I'm a Philly, I'm scared to face them. I I think the other teams are a little bit scarier. Like if if Cleveland winds up being in there, a defense heavy team like that, that is littered with injuries right now. But a defense-heavy team is pretty rough. Obviously, the Nets you don't really want to see. The Nets might be the yeah. best eight seed of all time if they wind up getting out of the plan, <laughs> which, by the way, yeah. I don't trust the Nets in a one-game series. I trust them in a long series. I don't trust them in a one-game series. Really? No, I don't. That team just – they get so incons- – and, I mean, you know, you've seen more games than, of them than I have this year. But, like, the contributions from – the other guys are so fickle. Like there's games where you're getting buckets from Patty Mills and he's putting up 30. And then there's other games. He's the only guy giving you another set of double digits. Not that I think Atlanta is really any good, but. I don't know. I feel like crunch time, one game elimination. And I mean, they got to play two. So give them two games for the whole playing tournament. KD, Kyrie will show up. The other guys, whether you get like, two three other guys to really really show up and then just sprinkle in yeah. a couple other things like bruce browns uh seth curry but, and the rest of them they, like you you make it happen like i don't think kd is gonna fold in a one game 
play. It won't be him, and that's they have to. It won't be him. They have to go through Atlanta too, which that's what I'm saying. Mind you, Atlanta's no slouch. They got Trey Young. They got Clint Capella out there. Yeah. That's another team who's just been riddled with injuries this season. Who, yeah. when and it comes kinda, down to crunch time, what are they going to do? Yeah, they're they're off a good season hangover too, certainly. But it's it's what we talk about in any sport, but especially baseball. You know, the wild card game. Anyone can win if you're talking about football. Anyone can win on any given Sunday. You know what I mean? So it's really just a matter of which team decides to show up and can the egos of Brooklyn overcome their differences to win a game. And I don't, I don't think know if they ego, can. I don't think there's any ego issue, but not anymore. But I think yeah. there's personality issues, certainly, but not not so. That's much fine. Ego. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but again, we we've kind of talked about this before, but I think it was different circumstances because we're what like two weeks away from the end of the season. If Brooklyn doesn't win and make it out of the the play in, what happens? Like, do you? you you're not gonna blow it up because you have another year, and these guys said they're willing to come back. But changes have to be made, right? Like you can't, you can't just run it back. I find it hard to believe they don't blow it up. I, I, I personally no, because just, Kyrie literally yesterday said like, as long as KD's here, I'm here. So like, you that, got those two. But, but Kyrie has said that about every team he's oh, played. That, Kyrie has never told I, the truth I, a day I, in his life. But, that's fair. I, right. I and my that. other thing too. My other thing is too is Steve Nash may not be the answer as the head coach. He never was. That, that's where I was gonna uh, go to. You probably make a. Head coach. Coaching change. That's the first step. But you don't blow it up because, again, you had Kyrie for, let's say, 30% of the season. Because It was half. But he wasn't even playing the half in the beginning. Was he not? I don't remember. No. So, you don't do that. And then KD's hurt for a while. You only go with Harden. So, it's like, how do you really blow it up when you only had your core there for a little bit of the season? You'll you blow it up for that. You you bank on it being healthy for the well, next. And, well, and well, that's the that's the reason I bring it up is if they don't get out of the the plan because now they and, are healthy. That's the only reason. And, I bring it, it also up. gives yeah. Ben Simmons a whole off season with this Brooklyn, you know, training yeah. staff and doctoral staff that he can come back and potentially do something. You know, I think that Ben Simmons can be a really good asset to this Brooklyn team if they yep. can get him healthy and right. Here's my concern. How did this trade go through? Yeah. Like, because how did he pass the physical? How did he pass the physical? Because, you know, he gets over. He hasn't played in forever. So, like, I'm con- concerned about his physical to begin with. And he's going through mental issues. I don't know if he's in a gym. And then we finally yeah. get him back, and he has a herniated disc. Where did that come from? Yeah. There's some collusion <laughs> happening in, in the NBA, and we've done this for a while. No, uh, I... I, I I'm not here for that. I'm just here for like what's going on with Ben. Yeah. Like, there's But again, how does the trade get okay? I I don't know. There's don't no know. way you're able to pass a physical if you had the herniated disc that early. Did like there's no way you got trade? that. Yeah, there's no way you got that after cuz you're not even playing, you're not practicing, you're not doing anything. I mean, so I guess you might have been practicing, I don't know, but He was sitting on his bum butt in know. In Brooklyn, just waiting. That's a great um, word for um, ben. Unless he um, lifted something else while he off the court and he at home, I don't know. Ben, that's up to you. You do, do what you do, big fella. You do what you do. do, what you do big fella. But Cer- I mean... Certainly not Kylie Jenner. Kendall. Kendall was Kendall. 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 I mean, no, I don't think he got a problem lifting her, so we're good. Well, she's gone now. She is. That's so. what I'm saying. It wasn't her. Unless, unless he getting a slump buster. That, that's up to him. <laughs> 
Brooklyn. Not, not the streets of Brooklyn. <laughs> That's the worst place to get the slump buster. You, you're, you're going 0 for 30. You're hitting that. What was the Harden game a couple weeks ago? You went like 1 for 12 from 2. Oh, man. They immediately yeah, so, went out um, to the club. Yeah, that, that was terrible. <laughs> so, I mean... That's one thing, but I do want to talk about the Lakers real quick because as we tend to do here, we tend to do, and the Lakers are scaring me more and They're more. They're not going to make the plan. They're not going to make the plan. That that's where I'm getting at They're because not make the plan. they got jumped by the Pelicans, and the Pelicans own the season series on them now. Yep. The rest of the Lakers schedule, I'm gonna go ahead and pull this up for you real quick. I'm gonna look along they, with you. They have to go up against the Mavericks, the Jazz, the Pelicans again, the Nuggets, the Suns, the Warriors, the Thunder, and the Nuggets. So every team they play against is a playoff team besides Oklahoma City? That is not what you want to see when um, Portland, or not Portland, I'm sorry, uh, San Antonio is right behind you. That is not what you want to see. Also, San Antonio has like been playing really well recently. They're on a three-game win streak, and I They're six love, and four in the last ten. I love Dejounte Murray too. Just gotta throw that out there. So, Dejounte Murray's amazing. The Lakers are in trouble. Also, really this, big is, trouble. this is this is a good thing to note too. Spurs play Houston. Memphis okay. is a tough one. Portland twice, and then they have a tough one with Minnesota, Golden State, and Dallas. But they have three easy games versus the Lakers one. So if yeah. they go three and eight or whatever that number is, and the Lakers go one and whatever, Lakers are gone. And the Spurs can't even be happy about Ja Morant potentially not even playing in the Memphis game because the Grizzlies win without Ja. Look, look, the Lakers are about <laughs> so, to get – no, the Lakers are going to miss the playoffs, and they're about to slap harder than Chris Rock last night against Woo! Will Smith. Woo! Let's go. LeBron's going to come in after the last game of the season and just just punch everybody. Now, now does, the Lakers are a team who have to blow it up after the season. Does LeBron stay in L.A.? No. No? No. Where does he go? The only reason Any, LeBron anywhere. stays is because he doesn't want to move his kids. It's not because of the team. It's because he doesn't care about winning yeah. anymore. That would be the only reason. And that's fair. He's allowed to do that. He's allowed to. Look, where – where? okay, let's let's play this game then real quick. Where does LeBron go? Cleveland. Yeah. If LeBron joins if LeBron joins the Cavs next year, which I they would gladly have him back, obviously, right? If he joins the Cavs next year, they are the best team in the NBA. Or does he head down to South Beach? No. No. And go play no. with the younger squad down there. No. No. The only reason why he ever went to Miami in the first place he got is Dwayne. because of Dwayne. Yeah. Dwayne and he was boys with Bosch. That is the only reason he has no type of affiliation with Miami past that. Pat Riley and Spolcher are not going to be the thing that brings him in. Cleveland's the only thing that makes sense because you put him with Jared Allen, a healthy Colin Sexton, Garland, Mobley. That, I don't even that, need to like <laughs> here, here now. Here this hot take out. That might be the best LeBron team we've ever seen. Yes. 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 Especially if they yeah, just yes. Yeah. <laughs> There, there's it's nothing the, around. It's it. certainly the deepest. Well, Maybe not the what? top have, end talent, but what we have two more years before Bronny Jr. comes into the league, and he said he's going to go. Bronny Jr. goes. Now the problem with it's that true. is that 
that's going to be a bad team because <laughs> the way that that Bronny Jr. thing is going to work is going to be crazy. I don't care how good of a scout or athlete or whatever he is, he's going to go number one overall because Le- you're going to get LeBron. Right. So automatically that makes whatever team Bronny James go to a title contender. Yeah, shout out to the Magic. <laughs> hey, you Dude, know LeBron would love Florida. Cole no state income tax. Cole Anthony's going to win finals MVP because they got the draft Brownie Jr. <laughs> and, and one of the Wagner brothers is going to be sixth man of the year. True. Shout Jeez. out Bamba. <laughs> no, Shout I out actually, Markel. <laughs> I, know, I know we're kind of overreacting here. I do think LeBron winds up staying in L.A. until his son gets in the league just to not do this again until that happens, which is fine. But, but if the thing he is, is going to leave, the rest of the team just yeah. has to get blown up. Personnel for the coaches has to just get revamped. Throw Westbrook, everything away. Go. Westbrook, uh, Carmelo, Trevor Ariza, Ellington. This is a hot take, too. I wouldn't White even Howard. if they traded Anthony Davis. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even be mad at Look, it. you know what we're talking about with this Lakers team? We're talking about a team that was great five years ago. With the names you just mentioned. Yeah, and I mean... They're all hope- past their prime. Anthony Davis isn't, but he can't stay on the court. He can't, he can't uh, stay healthy. He can't stay healthy. So I do also, you want to point out, year? You mentioned past their prime, but Carmelo and LeBron this season are, I think, one and three for most points per game for somebody over the age of 39 in a season. Amazing. Cool little tidbit. I mean, I, that's an old age, obviously. But like LeBron, I was going to say, 39 is not exactly young. I mean, LeBron's averaging 30-something. And then... LeBron's uh, leading LeBron, the league in points per game. Yeah, he's leading the league in scoring. And then uh, Melo's at like 14 or something. I don't remember. It was 13 Who, or 14 per game, so pretty cool. Let They're me ask you this then. Probably two of widely regarded some of the greatest athletes of all time. But who has a longer and better prime, Tom Brady or LeBron James? LeBron. In terms of actual ability and talent, it's LeBron. In terms of winning, it's Brady. Yeah. LeBron's scoring yeah. 33 a game and leading the league as a – what? how old is he? I don't remember. He's in his 19th year. He's 37 yeah. or 38. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, this is a much more demanding sport physically – for his type of position, because Brady's not getting hit that much. He's not a running back. He's not a lineman. Yeah, Brady's not running that much. Yeah, like, like LeBron's as long as care of his arm. You mean me and every other Tampa Bay uh, sports fan who, as soon as we see Brady roll out of the pocket, your heart stops? Yeah, <laughs> yes. literally. And you know, Brady's a better all-time greatness. I think Brady's Brady's the best team athlete of all time in terms of greatness. But LeBron's better at this age. He just is so. So are you LeBron greatest basketball player of all time? Yeah. Or best. Yeah. Not greatest, because I, I do separate the two. Best, yes. Fair. Yeah. Cause it's hard to say he's the greatest when MJ literally never lost in the finals, and I hate that argument, but like greatness yeah. is, you know, accolades and everything kind of mixed together. But LeBron's the best player we've ever seen. He just is. There's nobody yeah. in the history of this league or ever going to be in the history of this league that will score 30 and lead the league in scoring at this age. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, nobody can do what LeBron can do, especially just from when he first got into the league. Like, you were literally 
poised and set out to be the greatest player ever at 19 and, years old. And he did it. At 19 years <laughs> old, out of high school, people are saying, you're the next everything. That's you're going to so be the face pressure. of the league. You're going to be the best of all time. So much and pressure. he did it. And he did it. Nobody he else was, a one, was he, ever going to do that. He's a one in a million player. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. More than that. More than a million. That's the crazy thing. Way more than a million. One in yeah. a couple couple hundred million because because that that's the thing with jordan i understand all that but we saw another jordan we saw kobe kobe is just jordan 2.0 the worst are but we gonna jordan 2.0 yeah but again like yeah. of course the copy you 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 miss a few things that's fine but you, you know you, you saw another jordan. Jordan. yeah, yeah let me let me change exactly. a couple let me change a couple things. you you, you, yeah. you saw another jordan you're not gonna see another lebron no you won't yeah so unless luca has a 20-year career but that's the thing. Even with Luca, like Luca's not out here just yamming on people, dominating like that. He's not the athlete. He's Luca's not. great. I He's love fantastic. Luca. I, go, I don't want to say. Let him go. Get me a triple double. Go ahead. Let him pull up. Do all that. Yeah. He's not. I, the I don't want to say you're right. He's not LeBron. Right. He's not LeBron. Dude, it's it's oh. crazy the things he's doing. It's crazy. Oh. Every every time I look at the points leaderboards and I see him. At the top. This is, I think, the first time in his career he's going to lead the league in points. <laughs> the first time in his career he's going to lead the league in points. I don't know yeah, how this evolved into a LeBron conversation. But. Yeah, and don't don't get me started on NBA talent because I, I, I love it. It's so much fun. <laughs> no, don't it's, get me started on that. You guys, you guys let's, know um, the I die on. Yeah, let's uh, hit a little bit of baseball real quick. No, Nothing too crazy to talk about because it's still yeah, spring, spring training. training. Yeah. But how do you guys feel having it back? What do you mean nothing too crazy to talk not about? What about friend of the pod, Richie Martin, baby? The, this is true. Shout out our boy, Richie Martin, leading the league with nine RBIs in spring training. Up there with Ryan Fitzgerald and Yuli Gurriel. Yeah. Who? Hey, oh. Yuli, hey, don't, don't, he, don't hate on Yuli. Yeah, no, don't sleep on Yuli. No, no, don't sleep no, on Gerald. But no, Richie, but that, that's the only name that matters. That's the only name that matters. Shout out to Richie. I know it's spring training. None of it really counts, but it's cool to see your boys doing well. So shout out to you, Richie. Especially when he's batting 500, 5 for 10. You love no. it. And he Got should be playing home. this year for the Orioles too. So carry it on. I mean, go, going back to the question at hand, I mean, you're excited that baseball is back, obviously. Sorry, hold on. He's getting through a little illness over here. <laughs> getting getting through a little he, something. He's still something. on the pod, though. He he's got, still he on the pod. He's trooping. We, we still drive. But, I mean, I think for me, every fan overreacts at some point during spring training. And me being a Rays fan, I am trying not to overreact right now at the fact that they've only won one game in spring training. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, is the things I've looked for them to do, they've done. Their prospects are looking really good. The The pitching is looking pretty good. Um... You know the minor league guys who I'm not expecting shit out of. They're 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 the ones giving up the runs. But yeah. defensively, we're looking strong, and I think right now it's just conditioning, making sure we're ready for the season. And I love that you mentioned the overreactions because me and Jew have been overreacting about the Yankees 
since the season so ended long. last year so and long. have just been getting progressively worse. And I went to a game uh, Sunday against the Pirates for the Yankee Spring Training, and that game got me so hyped. And we're just, <laughs> just going to win the World the, Series now. We're, we're just going to win the World Cole, Series now because Aaron Judge hit two home runs. Got is that Yoko the one where Cole deep, Tucker hit one? Is Cole that the Tucker one where... went deep. A couple other Pirates. Josh Donaldson with a leadoff home run to kick it all off. Yo, I didn't. I didn't realize Rico. Vanessa Hudgens' boyfriend had that kind of pop in him, especially he, against. He, yeah, I, I, I got. I got beef with Cole Tucker because I, I love me some Vanessa Hudgens, but. Mm, and that man's got some elite flow. He's got some he elite has, baseball he ha, flow. He has some great lattice. He's hey, Cole. Yes, <laughs> Cole Tucker is one of the one of the best players on that pirate team. So. That's the that is insane much. That, that's sad. That's, that's sad to say. Much. Shout out Brian. To Brian, to Brian Hayes did not play Sunday. <laughs> oh, but so. but no, Brooklyn's right. I mean, we've been overreacting, and then yeah. we had a we had a conversation on like Saturday or Sunday, and I was like, dude, I know we've been kind of freaking out about this offseason, but if you look at the beginning of last season, the roster that we had, and then look at the beginning <laughs> of this season, the roster we have, we yeah. replaced Jay Bruce with Anthony Rizzo, replaced Gio Urshela with Josh <laughs> Donaldson. And we replaced Clint Frazier with Joey Gallo. If those aren't just immediate upgrades, I don't know what is. Yeah. My thing is, is especially with that Yankees team and being an AL East guy and, and obviously loving baseball as much as I do, my question is going to be come down to can they stay healthy, which is the question you ask yourself. I don't see why they can't. They did every season. season. I don't see why they can't. And That's I also don't know if, if the pitching is there. The, the okay. back end. The, the back best end. Bull, best bullpen in baseball. Besides and you get, a, you get a whole offseason, whole offseason and Sox season of Luis Severino. So now we have two aces. Luis Severino was our ace at one point. So we got a, him and Cole a top out 10 there. pitcher in baseball at one point. Yeah. But can, my question is, a lot of these guys we're talking about, yes, they were good last season for the X amount of games they played. Can they do it over a full 162, which is the question that every team asks? I mean, I'll ask that same question about Shane Bowes, who's pitched, what, five games at the MLB level. He's getting the most hype of anybody ever. People are saying he might be a Cy Young candidate. Yeah. And I mean, I if we're going to talk about, oh, if they're able to stay on the field and are they going to be healthy, my two uh, World Series predictions for possibly winning the whole thing are the Mets and the Dodgers. Are they going to stay healthy? Same yeah. things. Their teams are stacked. I take them over the Yankees. Yeah. Here's my thing. And, and here's the one thing I'm going to say about, and, and you guys are going to hate that I'm going to say this, but oh, as God. a Rays fan, we have more depth than any team in baseball right now. I don't care. Than any team in baseball? You look at you look at the minor leagues and what the Rays have and MLB I don't care, I don't care about the I don't care about the minor leagues. The That's where the depth comes from. The Dodgers? What farm oh, system do they have? They Forget have Michael about farm Bush system. at second base. <laughs> They, they're they're bro, looking good. Bro, look at what they have on, now. They they don't need the farm system. We're need. we're really not so talking about we're not talking about hypotheticals about what the farm is going to do for you this season. No, we no, have but to here's talk my about thing. What's on the field. If the, <laughs> correct, but if the Rays go down with an injury, great. I can pick up the phone and call, and I've got oodles of prospects that I can go trade to make a trade that I need to make. They and showed they, they were willing to do that with Nelson Cruz last year. I can call up one of my guys like they did with Bronco and him play well. Here's the thing: you're <laughs> picking up the phone, they pulling out their wallet. They're going to go buy somebody. Yeah. They're not going to dip sure. into the minors. They're going to go make a trade. They're going to go sure. get somebody. If the Padres so are one game down, back at the deadline, they're going to go and just, all right, here's uh, comp, 
Compasano, whatever his last name is, the catcher, and we're going to give you all the money in the world and yeah. give us whatever position of need we need. Like, and you guys are going to call up. I think y'all are sleeping on, on what the Rays Juan, can do. Juan what Franco, Randy Rosarena 2.0, 3.0. Like, you right. guys are going to go do that. You guys aren't going to go spend money because the Rays don't spend money, and that's your guys' problem. Hey, they're better than the A's. They're better than the A's. Shout out. I love better the Rays for that. Yeah. Rays over A's. 20, 20 seconds. 20 yeah. seconds in spending, baby. 20 seconds in spending. I, I love Let's it. Go. Hey, I love it too. Don't get but, me wrong. But that's but your I... guys' downfall, and that's why the Rays are never going to do anything past making it to their World Series every 10, 15 years. Yeah. That's it. That one hurt. Go, go into the playoffs that and getting a, knocked out. That was passionate. That, Unless you guys do something outside of that and want to keep your players or go be aggressive in the market, you guys aren't going to do nothing. We showed the aggression in the market this offseason. We showed that aggression. We showed that we're willing to shell out Getting money. Corey Kluber? You want to know what our offer to Freddie Freeman was? I, he's not on the team. Yeah, it doesn't matter. No. <laughs> they offered the same money as the Dodgers. He's a Southern Cowboy. He wanted to go back to California. And, okay. and do okay. you blame him? Do you blame him? Huh? Do you blame yeah, it? I do, because Florida, no state income tax, a much nicer area. You you get to play with a younger core than you do with the Dodgers. I mean, plus when they build that new stadium in Tampa, it's going to be beautiful. When? What new stadium? Oh, when? no, he lost me. He had me. He had me and he Freeman, lost me. Freeman's going to be retired by the time that stadium me. gets built. Freddie's going to be in a retirement home. You see this beard? This is going to be gray by the time that stadium yeah. is built. It already is getting gray, so no need to worry about that. Don't talk to me about that. I know. I, I <laughs> yeah. found it. We're, we're going to take, we're gonna have to get a passport to watch a Rays game by the time that happens. <laughs> the spectators look, are going to have seven different shows by the time that happens. <laughs> That's true. Shout out to Nico and Gerard. <laughs> hey, so, but overall, overall, I think you know the AL East is going to be an exciting division to watch. It is because you got you've got four teams who are going to title chase. Yes. You got the Rays, you got we the free. Yankees, you got the Jays, you get the Red Sox. The only team are going to be the bum ass Orioles who are competing for the number. One and now. I think they're going to be better Sorry, too. And I think they're going to be at least like half competitive this year. They won't be the worst team in the AL. They're no, but they're going to play spoilers to a lot of teams. You know the Orioles love to play spoiler ball down the stretch. Usually not to the Yankees. Last year was a weird one. They 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 beat us a handful of times last year. That's like the first time ever. <laughs> we were I, usually... I hope we get Baltimore Glaber back this year. Is that the best player in baseball? <laughs> yes. Here's my question. What did the Yankees do with DJ Lamahayu? Say, say his name again. Yeah, what was his name? <laughs> DJ Lamahayu. Um, <laughs> they pay him his money and they leave him alone. <laughs> I, think he, I think DJ will alone. have a great year this year because there's no way that you have that bad of a season play, again. Though? Here, he's going to have a great year riding his butt on the bench. He's going to have butt gonna, bruises at the end of the year. Where's he going to play? Because if Glaber is playing well, where's he going to play? I mean, we just give everybody... Their day off every couple it's, of days. Okay, it's it's going to be really cool when the Yankees just decide to give up on Hicks and then Glaber's our DH, and that's cool. I can get down to that. That's so you're I'm, telling that's me you want Stanton's bum defense yes. in the outfield? Stanton's better than every defender on the Rays not named Kevin Kiermaier, so yes. <laughs> Defensively. You are wrong. You yeah. are fat wrong. Yes. I'll take, Randy Rosarino I'll take a Rosarino. Stinks in left field. Stinks. Hold on, let's let's pull the stats. Let's go. Let's go to the tape. Bad. 
Let's go to the tape, shall we? While, while you're looking that up, Giancarlo has shown that his defense is not as bad as everybody has said it is. He's just in the bottom 18 percentile of run speed. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> and now bad. he might look yeah. like he's going to drop every ball that's hit to him. That's fine, he but he makes a catch. He's made some really nice catches out there. He, in he was a so. good outfielder in Miami, too. He got a lot of flack yeah. for no reason. He was like a good fielder. I never understood the the Stanton hate. He's like an athlete. Not anymore, but he was like an athlete. Yeah. I'm telling you, bro. If you have, I, I've seen um I've seen Gallows taking reps in center, which is kind of awesome. Look, Joey Gallo's a, a gold glove defender. I, I know I want him in center field. Yeah. They're standing in All left. Right. I don't care what happens in left field. Let's go down <laughs> Remember when we used to watch Juan Soto play left? That was terrible. Now he's good, but Nelson Cruz played the outfield for a decade. A decade. How's way? <laughs> How's way? Shout out to MLB The Show coming out this weekend because if you get Nelson Cruz, do not put him in the outfield. No, oh, we don't know. We don't know if we can DH him yet. Oh, I'm not even talking about the DH. Yeah, let's put him. Yeah, put him in bench, bench bat. Yeah, bench bat. <laughs> that that look, three look that three action. fielding is not going to do anything for you. Dude, three you fielding like, with five speed. He has like 20 speed, and it's like 52 fielding, and Eddie plays That's, worse than that somehow. It's crazy. It's bad. It's like, All right, we pulling it up now. Oh, he now got the, he uh, got defensive stats. I do have defense. This is the, this, see, guys, we love defense on this podcast. If you guys didn't know that, we love defense. Big defensive guys. All right. Giancarlo Stanton in the field is. Hold on, I'm trying to pull it up. It's He's got to be better than Clint Frazier, right? Like, <laughs> well, everyone's better than Clint Frazier. I'm just making sure. I'm asking Brooklyn here. Like, He's got to be a better outfielder than Clint and Andrew. You know, it, it, they didn't have Clint's cat, so. True. They're worse. This is true. This is true. Yeah. He also doesn't have right. quite as cool of a nickname. His fielding mm-hmm. in 2021. Mm-hmm. In like 10 games. <laughs> I think he played yes. like 14 games, maybe. He had 10 games, 70 innings. At, in left field. Yeah. Okay. He also played a few in right field. Yeah. We, we, do want, we do one left. <laughs> Just give me one left. <laughs> He had a whopping. You gave me the left field. One defensive run save and a negative nine point. I didn't hear that last part. You Randy Arozarena. Oh, he had a negative nine point one UZR. That's what not good. It's Randy like Arozarena. it's like the modern defensive stat, essentially. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Randy and Rosarena in left field. In left field. Okay? We're going in left field for you guys. Randy and Rosarena last season in left field had an eight defensive run saved and a 4.4 UZR. Wow. It almost sounds like he's not that good defensively. (laughs) He's better than Giancarlo Stanton was was what you were trying to say. In a short sample size, I'm taking Stanton's bat. Yeah. And is and is moderately worse defense because it's moderate. You're I take a Rosarena. I mean, of course you do. You think Randy's a better player though, and that's a terrible take. So I didn't say that. I just I, said I I'd know you have think Randy. that though. I know you think <laughs> that though. I know you think Randy's better than Stanton, and it's just wrong. Say just say wrong. he's wrong. Say he's wrong, Aiden. Say he's wrong. <laughs> I think Randy is a better player. It's I think just he such is. a bad take. <laughs> it's such a bad take. 
So we actually have two Nikos on the pod now. Yeah, we got two Nikos, bro. They're the we, same. we love them, but we we got two Nikos. They're both race no, fans. No, but too. here's my thing. I I admit it's when I'm wrong. In the, it's something in the water, Rick. It's something it's in the water. I admit when I'm wrong. You know, growth. We love it. I admit when I'm wrong. I think right. overall, I think overall, the Yankee outfield is better than the Rays outfield. I think no, overall. I don't care it about is. that. I want to. I want this clip of Stanton and Rosarena. I want this because you said yeah. Rosarena is better. And when, better Stanton, when Stanton, and when Stanton hits forty six home runs this year with a one sixty two run, weight of runs created, like he almost did last year, it's gonna be. It's gonna get wicked. Gonna so, get wicked. so hitting is <laughs> the only thing that matters to you. Hitting is the only thing that matters to me. Yeah, in a left fielder, yes, yes. And can the DH, man get on a base? Primary DH. Can he get on base? He he was like a he'll let you go around all base the percentage last year. So yeah, he'll go around all the bases. He's a better hitter in every sense of the word, and a marginally worse fielder. I like this debate though. I do too. It's fun. I like I like Randy Arozarena. I, I love Randy. When he's like barely. He's a my favorite playoff player ever. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Factual. Mine's Michael Brasso, but that's just because he did that's, it off Chapman. That's fair. So that, that's fair. All right, everybody, thank you for watching. <laughs> <laughs> well, once we get the Brasso Chapman talk, that that's enough. <laughs> no, See, no, I, bum, I, no bum Gardner hype for playoff guys. I, I found the Achilles heel. I found the Achilles heel of, of the pod. No. Just start mentioning Michael Brasso taking one hundred two deep in I'll San bring, Diego. I'll, br- I'll bring up some Red Sox players from last year. We'll have a good time. Don't, don't do that to me now. Don't do that to me now. We'll have a good time. But, <laughs> no, the yeah, one player you can the one player you can mention to me that I will like hate and hate and hate is Brad Lynch. Never mention that man to me ever. Never. I, I think don't you mean the entire Phillies organization? But specifically Brad Lynch. Just that man rubs me the wrong do way. Do you like Chase Utley? Are you an Utley guy? Oh, I think he's a dirty player, but I admired him growing up. Okay. Second base until I moved. Who, who won MVP for that World Series? Was it Holiday? I think it was Howard. Really? <laughs> I think he beat the Phillies the very next year, so. <clears throat> Swapped them. <clears throat> <clears throat> oh, so any, any Rays Yankee talk there? <laughs> Dude, you got you got anything for that? That's crazy. No? You guys had a good year that year. Dude, the Phillies All were right. so good, too. <laughs> take, take us away, Drew. All right, everybody. Thank you guys for <laughs> watching and listening. I hope you appreciated it. Welcome to Aiden. As you can tell, he has a lot of different takes than us, and he brings some spice. Um, look out for some stuff coming out for him in the future because we have some really cool plans going on over there. Make sure you follow us at underscore the spectators on all socials, including Instagram, despite me changing the at name for a couple of hours the other day. This if you didn't see it, if you know, you know, if you don't, you don't. And that's what we love to see. Yeah, make sure you go follow us. And if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe. Be on the lookout for another episode next week. And we have an Unplugged coming out later this week, I believe. We, we have or a lot a of video we have a vlog coming out. We have a yeah. vlog coming out later this week. Like Brooklyn said, he went to the Yankee game, so be on the lookout for that. He got Judge's home run on camera. Kind of sick. So Both thank you guys again. This man turning into Zach Hample out here. Jeez. Later, everybody. Peace.